Hello everybody, this is Thomas Kyle back here with another episode of Next Talk Today. We're coming off a hot two-game winning streak against the Leafs right back after COVID. You know, if you asked me before this, which you guys didn't, but we asked ourselves, <laughs> would we win both games against the Leafs, you know, I would have said, no, you're absolutely insane. I yeah, would have said... The odds would have been like 0.0%. They would have. We have barely any players. Everyone's still sick from what we've heard. Didn't know if we'd have a coach. And here we are, two wins later. Yeah. Feeling great. Yeah. Like I should. There you go. So, game one, Kyle, what do you think? Well, this was a, a pretty eventful game. Um, obviously, we get the W in overtime. Bo Horvat kind of puts this team on his back. Um, but there are some big storylines here. Uh, one of them being an Edler suspension, a two-gamer. Boo! A five-minute misconduct, you know. Boo! Yeah, I, you know, maybe not the best game management, a team coming off a 24-day hiatus, dealing with COVID, and then having to play down a man isn't the best scenario. And after all of that, we still come out with the victory, um, I guess to get out of the way with. Did you think the hit was a major, a two-game suspension, thoughts in general? I mean, I didn't think the hit was that bad, to be quite honest with you. I think, you know, Edler is a slow guy now at his age. And when he gets moving at that speed, which isn't the fastest, but, you know, he was moving in a straight line to hit Hyman. Yeah. And so when a player jumps out of the way at the last second, as Kevin Bieksa said on her that night, it is just reaction. You try to get a piece of the guy. He just happened to get his knee. Two-minute minor penalty, I think, 100%, right? A trip or a knee, whatever you want to call it. Um. In general, though, I'm not a big fan of being able to review those calls like they did on the video replay. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of being able to change that to a major penalty. I think it's like different if it's boarding or hitting from behind or a hit to the head. Mm. I think those are the hits they're trying to you know, eliminate from the game. That's why we see concussion protocols and stuff. But I didn't think that warranted a five-minute major. Definitely not a suspension. Yeah, I mean, if you want to give him the major, you can give him the major. I don't think it's out of the question if it was a major. Like, I think it's in the ballpark. Would I have given the major if I'm that reference crew? Of course not. After 24 days of not playing hockey, the last thing you want to do is put even more stress on the players. I thought that was poor. And in terms of the two-game suspension, I mean, it's a joke. Uh, The max you can give someone that the league has said for a knee-on-knee has been two games. Was that really the worst knee-on-knee hit you've seen? You know, I think one of our uh, our fans here commented best on Instagram, Eric. Shout out to Eric if you're listening to this. Um, you know, he said it perfectly. Hyman, at the last second, jumped out of the way. If Edler would have had to try to avoid his knee. So... Obviously, it was a knee-on-knee. I don't think we're questioning that. And again, as you alluded to Bieksa talking about the hit, he said also that you never intentionally trying to knee someone because it could backfire and injure yourself. Right. Now, the silver lining is, for me, is we just get to see more Yulevi. And we'll talk about that a bit more in the second game, but 
Yeah, was it worth the two two game suspension? I don't think so. I don't. I'm on board with you. I don't even think it should have been a major. Right, and I think they took into consideration here Edler's suspension history, which I you know haven't really thought of much because not too many guys play these long careers. But they say he has a suspension history, but it hasn't come in years, right? Yeah, I think a couple years ago he had a knee and international play, but that has no bearing on the right. NHL, so that doesn't even get taken into account. And he's had some previous NHL suspensions, but yeah. nothing within like the last few years. So I think at a certain point, you know, it's interesting, I've never really thought about it, but at a certain point, when does a guy's suspension history cut off and, you know, kind of reset, you know? A guy like Tom Wilson, his isn't going to reset anytime soon. Right, Matt Cook. Right. But a guy like Alex Edler, who's not known for being a dirty player, you you think there'd be some leeway there. Yeah, and again, I'll ask you this. If, if uh, let's say, Jake Muzzin does that to Tanner Pearson, are we seeing Jake Muzzin get a two-gamer? I highly fucking doubt it. I highly doubt it. And that's the bullshit when I think most fans can see where the league has an obvious bias towards the Leafs. Um, but to continue with the first game, I mean, you can't talk about the first game without talking about Holtby. Um, he's had a terrible year up until that point. I think we've been fairly critical of Holtby, and he played his best game. I've seen him in a Canucks uniform by far. Uh, he kind of just got in the way of pucks. You know, the rebounds weren't pretty. His movement wasn't really pretty. But at the end of the day, your job as a goalie is to keep the puck out of the net. And I think he did that pretty darn well. I completely agree with you. I think he had his two best games of his Vancouver Canucks career. You know, we talked about Holpe. He seemed to find his game against Calgary earlier in the year. And we saw, you know, didn't face too many grade-A chances. And, you know, against the Leafs, you saw some really good chances and some really big saves. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it, he doesn't make it look pretty. He gets in front of the puck at the end of the day. Right, right. And, and again, you know, Hoglander gets two points. I believe Bohorvat had three points that game. Uh, Tyler Myers with a crazy game. 30 minutes of ice time and assist. I believe he was a plus one. Uh, you don't hear a whole lot of Tyler Myers, Tyler Myers hate anymore, do you? No, uh, <laughs> not at all. And it's what we've been saying. Guys just need time to settle into the system. And guys need time to find their way in Vancouver, you know. I don't think the media getting on players initially when they get here and don't perform right away helps, to be honest. Really? Right? <laughs> it's it's a tough situation to come into Vancouver and, you know, you have to play right away as opposed to going to Arizona when no one watches the game, right? right, right. It's completely different, and I'm glad he's turned it around because it's a huge piece for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously maybe we don't deserve to win the first game. I think the effort was deserving of a win, but, you know, you get outshot that badly, you, you probably expect a different result, but... Hey, a W is a W, and then you go into the second game, and I predicted a 4-1 Leafs victory. I thought the Leafs were going to be pissed off, you know. We played even better than the first game. Uh, Nate Schmidt comes in, he really settled things down on the back end there. and As we alluded to, obviously, Edler with the suspension, Yolevi gets the chance, and quite frankly, I think Yolevi's just a younger, better Edler at this point. He can move the puck better, he can get it on net better, he can skate better. He can still kill penalties like Edler does. I love Edler, and you have to let him play up the season, but I'm just saying, not a bad option. Right. I think we've been saying this all year. He reminds <laughs> us that they play very similarly. Very, very similarly. The way they skate and move the puck, it's not... They're offensive in a different way than Quinn Hughes. They're just 
like passively offensive where mm-hmm. they get pucks through and they make good passes. Mm-hmm. And I thought Ulevi played, considering the last time he played a game was months ago, he played very well. Yeah. Very well last night. He held his own and, you know, we got some good deflections and stuff early on in that first period too off of Ulevi's shots. And yeah, Miller had a good deflection. On right. Board. Yeah. So I thought it was another good game. It was nice to get Jake uh, Schmidt and Ulevi back and then... I was kind of nervous about Holtby, to be honest. I was like, I'm Holt, because I'm you, all you don't know what you're going to get, yeah. right? And another 37 save performance where he played very well, kept yep. us in the game again. Yeah, and, and credit to the team, too. Uh, you know, Travis said this after the game that he was happy that the team kind of stuck with it. And if you recall, you know, a couple months ago, if the Canucks led in the first goal, that was it. We were 0 in what, 13, 14 when we led in the yeah. first goal. So, I mean, we were down 2 0 in the first game. Um, Three minutes into the third period, you're tied 2-2, and you go up a shorthanded goal. And you stick with the process. And Niels Hoglander, another third period goal. And then Pearson, you know. Pucks on net. Right. I mean, the first goal, that's exactly what you want from a power play unit. Pucks on net. Rebound. Perfect. That's exactly what you want. And how about that uh, second Pearson goal? An absolute snipe. Bottom shelf. Right through the wickets. Wow. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? Ring ten bells for that goal. (laughs) Yeah. No. Uh... Maybe, you know, Holtby steals one uh, in, in Game 1, and maybe Riddick gives one in Game 2, but regardless, it's four big points. Hoglander's buzzing, Sutter gets two, Nate gets on the board, Quinn Hughes, one of his best games of the entire season. Man, was he skating last night. Yeah, I'm not a big Quinn Hughes guy, and there was no doubt that Quinn Hughes got the first star last night. Yeah, he was all over the I ice. I mean, three points all over the ice. He had one... <clears throat> Quinn Hughes, I think, had one turnover. Uh, at the offensive zone, but, you know, when your goalie's hot, he makes those saves. Mm-hmm. And I think what was really cool seeing is, I don't know if you remember this play, but Marner kind of tripped it by him, and, and Hughes just stayed in that lane and really cut him off, and that was like, okay, that's what you need to see, because obviously Hughes isn't going to be a guy like Shea Weber taking the body. Right. He has to use his skating and his speed and his angles to really shut down players, and I thought that was a really good example of that maturity, kind of. Right, and I think, you know, hopefully his game just gets better defensively, but... Last night was another strong showing from him. And, you know, like you said, four points. I think this is one of the best 120 minutes we've played as far as consistency goes in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't watched much Canucks hockey lately, but it seemed like the effort level did not change at all through both games. It just carried over. It carried into the third every period. Yeah, I think regardless of the result, I think this group was going to come out hard and like have some pride and... I think even I think the low expectations. I mean, the expectations were as low as they could possibly get coming into the series, and you know a lot of guys were out of the lineup. I mean, you're playing Boyd and Michaelis and Chatfield and Brisbane that first game. You come out with the W, regardless of the goaltending, regardless of the shots. You gotta love the effort, right? And you know, one thing I've been kind of thinking about and wondering is. You mentioned that there's no expectations. Do you think this is one of the first times in a while that this group, this young core group, has not felt any pressure going out there? Because early in this year, for lots of parts of this year, everyone has been, okay, they're underperforming. This isn't what they should be doing. They're not playing well. Mm -hmm. And now you get COVID, you're out for a while, your playoff chances are 3%, no one expects anything. They're just able to go out there and play. And it looks like a, you know... Considering they're still sick, a lot of them, it looks like a pretty energetic, upbeat group right now. Yeah, I mean, I remember you saying, you know, 
tons of times that they're just gripping the stick too tight. And now they don't have that pressure. They can just play a bit more free. They have really nothing to lose at this point. So nothing. just go out there and play some hockey. I agree. And, and you know, I want to mention also, um, Matthew Highmore makes his Canucks debut wearing number 15. Plays 15 minutes, is a plus two, has a shot on goal. All in all, pretty good debut. I mean, the expectations for him couldn't have been much lower. The fan reception to the trade couldn't have been much worse. He came out and I thought he played pretty well. I didn't have any expectations for the guy. I didn't really watch any of his tapes. So I was happily surprised. What what do you think? I agree. I thought he had a pretty strong showing last night, to be honest with you. He skates well. He seems to have decent hands. For a little bit of an undersized guy, you don't really see that as an issue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think you mentioned this last episode, but hopefully he can be kind of like that mop player. You know, this little guy that gets in the dirty areas and creates some offense. And he seems like he could develop into a really nice piece. Yeah, I think it's good that you mentioned he skates well. I think Jake and Highmore being added to the lineup really gave us some speed up front that we were missing with Michaelison. Um you know, I wish Michaela's the best. I don't think he's NHL ready, quite frankly. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. We tried it out. But, um, yeah, I'm glad we definitely have Jake and Highmore back into the lineup. And to touch on the Highmore trade, Adam Gaudet recorded an assist, I believe, his first game uh, with the Blackhawks. He started on the first line. His third game, he gets demoted to the fourth line. And now he's a healthy scratch. So... That's just if anyone's wondering what Godet's doing in Chicago, that's what he's doing. He's being a healthy scratch. So relax. Also, it's important to note that a little fire bending uh, plane did its rounds over uh, downtown Vancouver and west side Vancouver today. And that that was interesting. Any thoughts on that? I thought that was relevant. You know that... uh... I, I was I was definitely at work today when I saw that. I was a bit shocked. <laughs> a bit of a shocker, but, you know, the fans have spoken. I don't know what else to say, really. I mean, I'm pretty impressed with the Canucks fan base. You know, a small number of passionate fans really got it together and really organized. And I'm impressed that they got that together. Right. I think the GoFundMe page yeah. met its goal within an hour, I believe. <laughs> and, you know, I guess it's just time for a change in the fans' point of view. That's all I can really say about it, you know, is management or the Aquilini's going to listen to this? The Aquilini's are a wild card. They could listen to this and take it to heart. You really don't know with them. Right. But, you know, I think it's just a fan thing that happened and I'm on the side that it's time to move on. <laughs> I made that clear. Did you pitch into the GoFundMe? I did market? not. Okay. I did not know it was happening. I think <laughs> I was a bit late to that, but... You know, I, I I think it's time to move on with a new coach and a new man, general manager. But going to be very interesting to see what we do with Green. You know, battling COVID, coming back. That's hard to sever ties with a guy like that, for right. sure. But definitely an interesting topic. And another interesting topic is Ottawa Senators. I believe you said if we win all four, we have a 40-something percent chance. Of- a 47% chance. Right, and we started... We came with a three, so a jump of 42% is quite a wild little uh, 10 days there. Ottawa's pretty hot. I mean, they're hot for Ottawa. They're playing their best hockey of the year. Still Ottawa, but I mean, Matt Murray's even stringing together a couple consistent starts, and Josh Norris and Kachuk are playing well, and we obviously know about Schutzel and Shabbat playing 30 minutes a game, so... You you think we're going to get all four, or you want four W's, I think. Everyone wants four W's. 
what do we need to do against the Senators? Yeah. I think we'll get all four. Um, I think it's just we're playing with nothing to lose right now. There's no pressure. And I think it's just we play Ottawa very well. I think we just match up against them very well. You can always count on Ottawa's defensemen, including to Shabbat, to stand flat-footed in their own end and turn the puck over at least three times a game. Mm-hmm. That'll give you a grade-A chance or two. And then all you have to do is kind of just shut down Norris, Kachuk, Batherson. they got a couple guys, Stutzel. And then you're pretty much smooth sailing. It might not be a pretty win, right? But as long as you pot a couple, you get some good goaltending, and you play a consistent 60 minutes, you should come out with Ws. Well, yeah, what an opportunity for the team. I mean, you win these four, you're really back into the playoff hunt. And with Montreal, Calgary kind of fading away, I don't even think we play Toronto again for the rest of the year. Or maybe at the very end. One more series. One more series. series. Okay, so, hey, I know I I'm, I'm I don't love to hope, but I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. But at this point, you can't help but but wonder, you know, go on a little run could be magic. Right? There's nothing to lose, and I think the locker room knows that by the way they've been playing. You know, they know if they string some wins together and make the playoffs, that'd be pretty impressive considering the big hole they put themselves in. For sure. I mean, imagine if we didn't go on that what six seven game losing streak. Where would we be now? And there's there's a lot of what ifs with right. this year, of course, but. I think this is the first time in months we're back to 500. Mm-hmm. We're 18, 18, and 3. I don't remember the last time we were 500 besides the very beginning of the year. So, you know, I think you could definitely see a change of pace in JT Miller's game, especially as a leader. The way he's been vocal all year, hard on himself, hard on the league, hard on management about COVID situations. And then, you know, he hasn't really put up points so far in the restart, but... I think JT Miller's look pretty good as well. I mean, yeah, I think he got an assist on the Pearson goal last night on the power play. But, yeah, I mean, to your credit, too, Besser kind of, I thought, has been quiet. And you look at his stat line, I think he had two assists last night. And he's leading the team in points. And, you know, I hate to say this, but even guys like Brandon Sutter, I know he has five goals in two games, but eight goals on the year for a fourth, third liner? you got to take that. Pearson gets two. You like to see Pearson scoring. And Poglander's looked, looked like he was shot out of a cannon, just kind of like the, the early season there where I thought he had his legs earlier since he played over Swedes. And, um, yeah, I thought Hoglander's been really impressive. And, you know, it, it, there's questions too. I mean, imagine if we had Pedersen back. Exactly. You know, imagine if we were healthy. We have Demko in that. It, Right, it's a great time to win, and it's a great time to get healthy. Going yep. in, going in, chance to kind of make the playoffs here if you can get healthy. And you mentioned Pearson. I think it's completely overlooked, but you know, way to way to good job for him to come out and score two goals and kind of silence the critics on his new contract extension. Oh. And a lot of fans were, you know, some people liked it and some people were a bit up in arms and you know thinking that it was a bad veteran deal and. Comes out, two goals, pucks on net. Mm-hmm. You can't really do much better than that in the restart. No, and, and you know, Pearson's kind of one of those guys who I find is a bit streaky. You know, he'll go an extended period out of, uh, extended period of time without a goal, and then all of a sudden he pots, you know, five and six. And again, could that happen now? Maybe. But the fact of the matter is I thought Pearson's played well. Uh, he's a good two-way forward, and who else would you rather have there on the second line right now? Right, so, um, yeah, if this little run can turn into something magical, I mean, 
Watch out. This this kind of is reminding me of that uh, 2019 St. Louis Blues run where they're literally midway point of the season, like last. second last in the league, and then they end up winning the cup. Can always be done. Right. And your season's not over, so... Everybody has a chance to win every night. Right. You haven't been officially eliminated. We've been saying as soon as we're officially eliminated, we're not giving up playoff hopes. And right. we're right back in it. We are right back in it. You know, four games against Ottawa. The ball's in our court right now. It really is. It really is. Well, that's going to do it for us today. We're excited for the four games against Ottawa. And we'll be coming back to you guys after that series. As always, you can reach us at Ducks underscore talk. And we like interacting with you guys there. Thanks for listening.